And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast, live from the nest. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. Coming in from the nest, super excited. Um, pretty slow, slow week, but hey, we are ready for this episode. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Let's go sleep. Yeah, guys, this one might uh, might be short, sweet, to the point, because this is what you call a slow news day in the business. Uh, we got finals game two was last night. It was a thriller. I stayed up for all of it, waiting on Jonathan Kaminga to come into the game, which he did, but uh, unceremoniously. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that, what the implications are. Uh, as the series heads back now to where the hell are they going? Um, who Boston. Are they? Boston. That's it. The Tea Party State. And then um, Draymond, you know, Draymond being Draymond, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, UNC baseball is on fire. Um, and we had some issues over the weekend. Uh, I watched about three innings of that. So I'll give you my, you know, expert opinion on all that went down. Uh, I guess we play the final tonight. Big Hawk's going to be there. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. We just found out as we were coming on, there is a tweet on the trending list that ranks about number nine. So it's not that high, but two hours ago, a certified Twitter account, Shams Sharania, a senior lead NBA writer slash analyst slash insider for the athletic and stadium. Those are, those are legit credentials. Uh, some legit people follow him. Sources, four-time NBA All-Star Rashid Wallace has agreed to a deal to be an assistant coach for the Lakers under new head coach Darvin Ham. Both were teammates in Detroit and part of the 2004 title team. Memphis's Penny Hardaway hinted today, that's this morning, Wallace may join Ham in L.A. That would be really fucking cool. Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, last night's game, Big Hawk, uh, how much of it did you see? And what were your thoughts on the game itself? And then I know you said you took a couple, uh, well, sleep dog on us before Draymond really got into his antics, but, um, don't worry. I'll fill you in on that part. Well, my, you know, my thoughts on the game last night, um, the, the first thought, and I think everyone's going to be talking about this today is Draymond's complaining too much to the, uh, to the refs. I'll just be honest. And we like Draymond, at SHWW. Love the way he plays. think he plays hard. But I think he's gotten a little too comfortable complaining at the refs, and I think it, um, you know, he can lose focus of the game. And I know a lot of people are talking about that today uh, because it's, quite honestly, it's it's very noticeable, and it's one thing that's, uh, you know, you watch these games, and, you know, there's a fine line between, well, there's not. You complain too much, and you get frustrated. And... Um, do you think he'll get ejected one of these games? So here's like, we'll just get right into it. And where the, where the pause was there wasn't on Big Hawk. It was, I mean, uh, it was on me because I'm flipping through Twitter. Draymond is trending on Twitter. And anytime that's the case, you already know why. is because he's doing something crazy. And there's a picture of Snoop Dogg praying after he got acquitted, I guess, from that murder charge like 20, 30 years ago. Says so Draymond after the refs didn't give him a second tech. Last night, man, I agree with you 100%. And I've said many, many times 
times, uh, and by many, many, I think once or twice, that, uh, you know, I used to hate Draymond. Now I really love Draymond. But last night, Draymond was was a little much. And um, I, I I think I understand um, <laughs> understand where he's coming from. Um, Big Hawk's having a little snow cone over there. And, um, you know, the, the issue was um, – there were a couple questionable um, calls, right, where he was clearly like the antagonist, and he was uh, – at first it was Robert Will- – no, it wasn't Robert Williams, Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. Like him and, him and Grant Williams were getting into it. And then it was – noticeably was him and Jalen Brown, yeah. and they were getting fucking chippy. And um, at one point – I don't know if you saw this part, but – Brown and Draymond uh, hit the deck at like the elbow, uh, or, you know, and they're both sitting on their asses, a little tangled up. It was probably some salesmanship in there on Draymond's part. But then like Jalen Brown goes to get up and, you know, Draymond like pushes him off and then he like grabs his shorts and almost pulls him off. And there's this like sort of ensuing scrum, and it's very clear that you know if there's a some blame to go around, it's it's, it's pretty much all on Draymond. Well, Draymond already had a technical foul, and they were trying to decide. They were saying, I mean, Van Gundy right then and there was like, "That's a double tech, right?" And and you couldn't help but agree if you kind of are, you know, watch much uh, NBA basketball because double tech is like this sort of uh, warning shot by the referee. It's like, look, you guys got to chill the fuck out a little bit. Both getting technicals, and therefore it makes perfect sense. Like, you don't chill the fuck out, and you get another one. You're gonna get thrown out of the game in the finals. So they bring on Steve Javi or Javin or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Javi, Javi, which it always blows my mind how they bring these guys on and uh, <laughs> for their opinion. Like this guy's getting paid. Just sit around and wait on a bad call, a controversial call, so they can chime in with him. And 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 it's funny to me because every time they bring that dude on, it seems like he gets it wrong. Anyway, he literally says on the broadcast, effectively, that is a technical foul. So he's brought there to give you the rules, to explain from a referee's perspective what's supposed to be called here. He does that. And then says, but I wouldn't call it, knowing that Draymond already has a technical foul. And so comes right out and admits that, uh, the, the, I mean, and, and then there's, of course, there's argument on either side about the, the, the right or wrong way to use this judgment. And sure as shit, the referees don't call anything. Now, I'm not going to say necessarily that I'm like, that this just like burns me up because I don't really care. Because I don't really, I mean, the only reason I'm cheering for Golden State is because I got a bunch of damn small uh, small homes worth of fucking Jonathan Kaminga rookie cars I'm kind of relying on here to get my kids through college. But other than that, I don't really have a like heated interest in this rivalry or this games or whatever. And But, dude, if you're looking at letter of the law, you got to tee Draymond up, in my opinion. And unfortunately, that means you get kicked out of the game. But... The, the problem I have with it is like you could argue that, oh, is it worth kicking him out of the game? No, it's not. But 
you got to be smarter than to get yourself in that situation. And mm-hmm. to your point, I'll stop going on and on about it. Last night, he was like, he's like the guy that you hang out with that's funny and he's a blast. But every now and then, he just gets on one and just gets going too much. And you're like, man, I got to get out of here. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, that's what he was last night. He was the mm-hmm. guy that, like, you appreciate him for those things. But there's a tipping point, and I thought he went beyond it. Yeah, I agree with you, Sleep. Um, here's the thing is what I don't like about about him not getting that tech. And I've talked about it on the pod before. Okay, we get some guy coming off the bench, and these refs have the quickest whistle and zero tolerance for anybody. But let Draymond just go unhinged. Um, and he's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. Draymond knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And the longer the leash and the longer the you know they let him get away with this, the more they're going to have to hear about it. And personally, um, I would have thrown him out. I would have thrown him out way before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's the thing is you have a, a referee like Joey Crawford. Back in his day, you look See at him, you, you're gone. <laughs> you're gone. And you knew coming in there, hey, we're not going to mess with him. Joey's got a quick quick uh-huh. whistle. He doesn't take it. And you know, and uh, you know, you got to be somewhat. Um, and I hate to say, it, but like. You know, you're not going to throw Kobe out unless it's something absurd. Uh, But, you know, those guys don't complain. Like, now I see more complaining than I've ever seen. And, you know, Luca's Luca's a victim of that. Mm -hmm. He's a big-time complainer. And when I look back, you know, guys like, you know, some of the greats I played against, Dirk, all these other guys, you know, Kobe, KG – they would say something to the ref, and then they'd let it go. Mm-hmm. But now what I'm seeing is somebody completely just give up on a play and just let the refs have it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's taken away from the quality of the game um, because there's some things that are just out of your control. And, you, you know, you're putting yourself way above the team. But, you know, I, I'm not sh- – Draymond's, you know, you know, he's earned the right to say something to these refs and have a conversation, but I don't think to yell and you know do all this stuff. Yeah, I I think that's. I think he's. I think he's gotten away with a little bit too much. I think if you even catch him in his own in the right time, he would even tell you last night, like, ah, yeah, maybe I got a little carried away. I think he put on a master class in the psychology of his role. Uh, you know, and 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 changing the tide of the series, right? Like, um, he's an antagonist. He's supposed to get. He's he's like Pat Beverly with credentials and 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 a ton more talent, in my opinion. Even though he's a lot older now, like I think what he what he was designed to do, what his goal was, was to get in somebody's head over there, take them off of their game, and I think he did that. I just think that he he I think he did it, uh, did it effectively. And instead of saying, "All right, now I'm man, we're we're on him now," he just kept going, and it's like, "All right, dude, like lay off and 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 then you know, um, and play the game." And so, anyway, I mean, it, dude, it shows in the in the result. I mean, they kicked the shit out of Boston last night. Uh, Jason Tatum played better than he did. I thought thought in the first game, he was a minus thirty six, worst game plus minus his career last night. That was Sleep Dogs' uh, dark horse was him having to go off every night. Steph was incredible. Uh and it still wasn't his best game. The other one I want to talk about and I've been I can't I just thought of it right now is dude Clay Thompson is stinking up the joint. Like what is going on with Clay Thompson? 
I don't know. All I'm saying is I've been saying he ain't that good anymore, and he certainly doesn't look that good anymore. He went like 5 of 19, 4 of four of 19 or some shit last night. Couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. Um, you know, he's not defending. He can't really defend that well. Um, I don't think this game, this series is as much of a, you know, a shoo-in anymore. I was surprised after we talked last week that that ESPN sort of BPI thing came out and said that, you know, the Celtics were like a heavy favorite. Of course, Caesars is the other way. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Clay was was not good. Um, I thought the Draymond thing went too far. I think Steph was exceptional. And if they win, I mean, maybe even last night alone and the first quarter of the first game, he's going to win MVP off that alone. But there's nobody else that's even in contention for it. Um, but yeah, I just Steve Kerr rolled out everybody on their damn team last night except for Kaminga until about three minutes left. The game was over. But that was a statement game for Golden State. I mean, now you go back to Boston in a couple of days, and I feel like you got to feel like Boston's got a pretty good chance to get one there. Um, that shit, Draymond, Draymond gets teed up and thrown out of the game if that game's in Boston. So that's mm-hmm. another interesting piece of it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Jalen Brown, you know, is sort of mercurial. You know, um, I mean, it's hard to hang a plus minus on a guy when your whole team just got the doors blown off, but. The game was closed for about a half, and I watched the entire damn thing because I was like, mm-hmm. when they're up 30, and I'm like, surely Kaminga's going to get in and get like some minutes, right? That's the only reason I'm awake for this. Yeah. I, you know, I'm looking at the stats right here, mm-hmm. Sleep, and you, know, you talk about Clay Thompson. He was one for eight from the three-point line, and he went four for 19 from the field. And of the starters, um, Steph – Plus minus plus twenty four, Looney plus twenty four, Wiggins plus nineteen, uh, Draymond only plus seven, Clay was was zero, so he was at an even. And I, I pay attention to the plus minus mm-hmm. stat. And if anybody out there listening, they don't understand the plus minus stat because it's not really, they don't talk about it much in college. Uh, when you're on the court, it's basically uh, what your team does against. So. If I check into the game, so it keeps score for when I'm in the game. So if we go go up four points, it's plus four. We we you know back and forth, you know we get outscored by four points. It's negative four. So it's what you did while you're on the court. And I pay attention to this stat, and I think it says a lot. Um, that's not good for how bad they won the game. And I agree with you. And the other guy who. I kind of thought was really helping Steph and Clay out. And I look at his stats and I'm like, ah, he had a decent game. Is uh, Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. You know, I, I I thought he would have a better series because I thought he was on the verge of being like somebody that could really break out and, you know, give them huge, a huge lift. And honestly, quite honestly, I'm looking at this and, you know, Steph's the only one that really kind of broke out last night. And, you know, nine for 21, that's not, I mean, that's not like, Burning the nets down. Well, your plus minus stars were Wiggins, Looney, Carr, I mean, uh, Curry, um, Porter, and Peyton. And those guys were all plus 15 or higher. Um, Looney has played a great series um, already. And and in the last series, he was uh, really instrumental. Couple. Wiggins is the guy that's been most impressive to me. And, and so Wiggins, you look at the box score, he goes four of 12 last night, 11 points and six rebounds, like not, not a huge stat line, but the difference is, and, 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 and I said this last week about Jordan Poole, 
Jordan Poole is like balls to the wall. He was never seen a shot he doesn't like. I think he's outstanding and, and really talented, and he's really fun to watch. But if you really watch him critically, he makes a lot of mistakes. I'm surprised to see that he's only got three turnovers because he'll he dribbles a lot. He 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 seems to move. Um, counterintuitive sometimes of how the offense is running and he doesn't seem like he's always under control mm-hmm. and so like he kind of reminds me of like i don't know man you, you know how like it russell like, you, that's a great announcement that, that's plays. a great comparison and that's that's exactly who i thought in my mind and yeah. it's like it's like he reminds me of westbrook but westbrook is like more cerebral he's more aware of what's going on now pool is freaking you know, half of Russell Westbrook's age. So that's unfair to expect that. But it's it's very clear that sometimes Poole is overconfident. Last night, he puts up 17. He's plus seven. Dude, he hit that three from the half court, and it was just sick. I mean, I like Jordan Poole, but I don't think Jordan Poole is as good as people have hyped him up to be yet. He's got to become um, – he's got to learn how to be that good within the flow of the game. His – his sort of brilliance at times is is in my mind like very streaky, mm-hmm. and he's got to learn when he's rolling, and then he's got to be able to understand when he's not. And I don't think right now he does a great job of understanding that, and 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 then being in the right position to get other people involved in the game. Yeah, and there's another guy, uh, just thinking like uh, Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think his name yep. from uh, Utah. Six man who comes in, dynamic score, uh, at times can be a little ball dominant. Yep. But you know, you look at the Golden State Warriors, the way they pass and move without the ball, and how unselfish they are is really where they've, uh, you know, had a lot of success. And then, you know, Poole trying to come in there is a little more ball dominant. But uh, you're right, and I think um, you know he's he's had some breakout games, but mm-hmm. I, I will say this. Now you look at the uh, plus minus on um, on the Celtics, and you'll see uh, Tatum with the minus thirty six, <laughs> and you know he had a good stat wise. I mean twenty eight points, six rebounds, three assists. Um, you know four turnovers. You know we know about the assist turnover ratio on this mm-hmm. show. Uh, but I will say this: Wiggins did a really good job on him. Yep. Uh, making it tough, and he's done a really good job defensively. And a lot of things come easy for Wiggins because he's not a guy that just you know runs through a brick wall. You know he's more relaxed on the court, and sometimes people can take that as for you know not really going hard. But he's had a good year, and he's really you know to me, I would say to some point he might be more of a valuable player than Clay. And, you know, Clay at this point is coming back from an ACL and Achilles injury, and you cannot expect him to be superhuman and just do what he did before that. The guy hasn't played in two years, and, you know, it's it's tough to just walk back into uh, being one of the best players in the world after sitting out for two years, and then not to mention overcoming two big-time tough injuries and a rehab. Uh, But, you know, to me, sleep. If I'm looking at this thing, going back to to Boston, I think Boston's going to take one, and I think it's going to be the next game. And like I said, I think Al Horford is an X factor. We saw him game one go off. I don't think he's going to have that game, but if he comes out and plays, I think he's going to he's going to cause some problems. 
Well, you're certainly right about being an X Factor because he uh was a big ass X in the box score uh last night. And, you know, he just like most of the team though, I mean, it wasn't like you could single out he had a shitty game. I mean, they, yeah, they, they all had shitty games for the most part. I mean, it shot 37.5%. Uh, it shot worse from the field than they did from three-point. So, I mean, if that tells you anything. 88 points in a finals game uh, against the Warriors ain't going to cut it. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what happens in the next game. You're right. I mean, you got to think that. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not hitting the panic button if I'm Boston because you got two games at home. You took one. You did what you were supposed to do. Yep. Uh, take one a, a, on the road, mm -hmm. and um, I think I think Golden State was a little asleep at the wheel in that one. So you gotta you gotta wonder just how evenly matched this series really is. Um, but dude, if Steph is playing like that, it was just it was fun to watch last night because even though he he was only. Nine of twenty one. Okay, so that's a pretty solid shooting night. Five of twelve from three, but it wasn't like, you know. I mean, there's times where you see Stella tonight. He goes for 21 in the first quarter, and you wonder, is he going to get 60 tonight? Um, it was good. Dude, there was some stretches like that, and, and but but all all intents and purposes, man, he's just – what a brilliant – He doesn't um, get the credit he deserves God, either. It's People, unreal. like, you never really hear people say he's – you know, they talk about KD and all these other people being top five players in the NBA. For some weird reason, people just don't – you know, they don't say Steph. Like, it's just I, – I, I just can't figure it out. I mean, to me, this guy's going to go down as one of the best basketball players to ever play the game. So he's under he's an underappreciated defender, too. I mean, I watched him last night. I mean, he had three steals. Um, I, you know, he, he guards effectively. It's not like he's going to win player of the year or anything. But it's – and the crazy thing about Steph is just how easy he makes. It just seems mm -hmm. like he's just not fucking trying. He's <laughs> chewing on his mouthpiece and just like, yeah. oh, I'll shoot it from here. Uh, oh, you're, you're, you're running the switch. Yep, too late. See ya. Bang. I mean, just all all night. Looney's line, I'm looking at right now, six of six from the floor, seven boards, and three steals. I mean, what a night for that guy. Anyway, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of what you thought it was going to be. Um, no, Warriors just getting getting games from from some new dude every night. And and, and I don't know. It's gonna be, they're going to be hard to stop. I'll be interested to see what happens uh, on the eighth. So today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I guess is is game three in Boston. So uh, that was one other thing I was going to say about this, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, tonight, yesterday, last night, if you're listening, Carolina going to the regional final, uh, fourth in the last five years or fifth in the last six. I saw on the last one. Anyway, they uh, play in VCU one last time. Win elimination game. Winner goes to Super Regionals. I don't even know they were – I didn't think they were that good this year. Next thing you know, they're hosting a regional and uh, making state fans cry. And Did y'all see what happened in the first VCU game? They got Scott Forbes, head coach, kicked out of the game, suspended by the NCAA for two games, and set Twitter ablaze with people saying that was bullshit. I didn't see it. Um, from what I understand, we were down late. Um, we were coming back, and they called an interference, runner's interference on a double play. Um, I did see that. I have played baseball. I do feel like I can Steve Javi on this one. That was a bullshit call. Can you explain 
runner's interference. Yeah. So what happens is, is, is traditionally you see a runner's interference called on a double play. So when you uh, go to turn the double play at second base, what is no longer allowed is for the runner that is coming into second base to slide in a way that prevents the fielder from making a clean play toward throwing the ball to first base. Mm-hmm. So like in the old days, dude, breaking up a double play meant guys like just not sliding, just like coming with their spikes up. Like, I mean, you watch, you would talk about some Pete Rose type shit. I mean, dudes would come in hard to second to break up a double play. It was like a, a known moniker in baseball. Now they've kind of eliminated that because you are at, um, uh, you're kind of in a defenseless position once you turn and pivot to throw to first base. Similar way when a when a when a quarterback plants his leg or a punter plants his leg. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, dude, you're coming in, you're sliding on the ground. There ain't nothing ba- good happens below the knee. So I I understand it. Um, and you can't slide offline. You can't slide late. You can't do. I mean, I remember they used to teach us in high school. And I wasn't shortstop, so or second base, and I was left-handed, so I didn't play middle infield. But they used to teach our middle infielders if the dude slides late, fucking hit him right in the forehead. You know, it would be the last time he slides in there to try to break up double play. I mean, I went to high school twenty years ago. Um, you know, and now you 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 can't do that. Like the runner has to concede the throwing lane. The argument was that our runner didn't. And therefore, this double play is automatic. I mean, that guy's already out because they touched second, and they automatically call a guy out at first. I didn't see any of the play. All I saw, I think this is what happened. But I did see that slide, and there's just no way. It's not a runner's interference. But apparently they called that. Stymied a rally. Maybe, I don't think it ended the game. But uh, Forbes apparently went off, as Mm -hmm. as, is wont to do in baseball. Um, They kicked him out, and Mm. then they – then they suspended him for two games. Mm. Two games just happened to be the two games yesterday, which is just also blasphemy. Like, how are you going to suspend? It's like, you ain't going to give Draymond a technical foul because he's already got one, but you're going to kick the head coach off of a team for arguing a questionable call, a controversial call? Um, I don't know. Maybe he said something. Maybe, I love it. Maybe hit him with a haymaker. I love it. You don't see this much in college. Yeah. You don't see coaches really getting ejected. And... uh after a shitty year, they they get their they get their act together and they're steamrolling right into the regionals. And uh, Carolina's about as hot as a cast iron stove. And you know, I I'm going to be out there tonight, and I'm going out there to support the team because he got ejected, and I like that emotion. Um, I'll have to kind of see it to kind of evaluate when he got ejected. But sleep, I will tell you this: this reminds me of my favorite playing baseball. It's it's where there's a runner on third, and the guy used to try to bulldoze the catcher. Oh yeah, in case he dropped the ball, then he was safe. Uh, it's uh, it was a, they eliminated that, but I thought it was comical. But uh, you know, I'm not the biggest baseball guy out there. I'm I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan because uh, I grew up you know around grew up in Pottawatomie, Missouri, about two hours south of St. St. Louis, and uh, by default, oh, we got a plane right here. All right, he's. Good it was to- an okay. So I totally fucked this up. Everything I just said was accurate about what is it? What is interference? But it looks like what happened. It was in the third inning. The tweet says, "Here's a pop up from the third inning that led to the four-six-five double play 
that led to Scott Forbes' subsequent ejection. Okay, What it looks like they're arguing is this should have been an infield fly. Runners on first and second. Okay, I'll explain the infield fly in a second. What happens is because the ball hits the ground, he lets the ball hit the ground. That's why there's an infield fly rule in place. Yeah, okay, so I see him mouthing it. Okay, I, now I want to see the breakdown because Forbes is still at this point. We're two minutes into this video. Oh, boy. And Oh, now they call it. Oh, there's 10 seconds left. He's going to flip and flip it out. And he's got the helmet on. Helmet's coming off. Walking into the bunch of VCU fans like dipshits. And that was that. Okay, so here's what happens. When did they throw him out? Well, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll try to find that one in a second. So here, here, you guys don't know how infield fly works. What is a fly ball infield? True. Very true. Um, that's that's how it all starts. <laughs> so when you have runners, think about how think about what happens in baseball with a force out, right? If if I if I if there's runners on first and second and the ball is put in play and I throw the ball to third before the runner gets there, that guy's out. Right. What's the What's the difference between that and a sacrifice fly? Well, a sacrifice fly is when I stand on the base and then I can move to the to the next base once the ball a fly ball has been caught. Okay. Okay. In the purpose of an infield fly is one of the challenges is if a ball if there are runners on first and second, and a ball is hit in the infield, a fly ball is hit in the infield. Well, the runners because of the conflict of a sacrifice fly situation you can't run until the ball is caught but then at the same time you now cannot um now you're at a very strong disadvantage because if i let the ball hit the ground i could pick it up throw it to third throw it to second and i got a double play for free and i should have only had one out so it's an infield fly automatically if now that only counts if there's runners on first and second at least because if there's only a runner on first then you could let that ball hit the ground, and you could get the guy at first, at second. But if the runner's running out of the box, he's going to get to first base before you can turn the double play. Mm -hmm. But if two runners have to wait for a, a ball that would be one out, fielder, if there's no infield fly, fielder just lets the ball hit the ground, throws it to third, throws it to second, you got a double play. Okay, so right there, what happened, and you see it, the ball goes up behind the pitcher's mound. The umpires are supposed to immediately call, yell, infield fly. But even if they don't. It's still a rule because the same thing. I mean, this is, the rule is there to prevent a double play. Well, so what happens is the kid runs in, slides, goes to catch it, but realizes nobody's gone there and just kind of lets it fall out of his glove, picks it up, throws it to second to get the first guy out, and then throws it to third because guy, both guys are standing at the base. And Forbes, to me, we just watched a video for two minutes where, I mean, he did, seemed to plead a case pretty, pretty like even-temperedly. Um, and apparently got thrown out after that, but that is a, whether, the, whether or not what led to the ejection was, was, you know, due the call was not good. There should have been only one out. Yes. So what happens in infield fly? Sorry. I if, don't like that rule. Well, I, well, tell us why. Because I think it adds more excitement to it And baseball is a slow game. So if you allow somebody okay. to get an infield fly, you can get a double play and you can move on. Right. I, I just think it adds more excitement. Well, I think clotheslining a dude on the way to the basket adds a little more excitement, but he might not be uh, part of the game for much longer. <laughs> what do you think it? Do you think it puts players at uh, you know a risk of getting injured? It could. 
Good. Okay. <laughs> Anything good, I guess. But no, the point is, is like it, the part of an infield fly is that the infield fly, it's an automatic out. It's like as soon as a ball goes up in the air, the batter's out. Infield fly, batter's out. And then everybody just stays at their spot. So it's autom- So it would be a double because the batter's out and then he can get the runner out. No, because well. the runners just stay at the base. And even if the ball hits the ground, it's like a dead ball. That fucking sucks. Well, it's a live ball once it hits the ground. Right, but but like as soon as the infield fly is called, the batter is out. So the base runners still have, but the ball is live. So the base runners still have to stay there, because then there then the fielder would be at a disadvantage if I can just take off while the ball's in the air, right? But what happens is is now if the fielder lets the ball drop, theoretically the runners could run. But I mean, the ball drops right next to the guy. You're not gonna, you know. It looked like he dropped the ball on purpose. He did drop the ball on purpose. Yeah, just to so. get that double. That that's a bad play by the refs. Yeah, own your mistakes. You know, it's such a such a joke. <laughs> look at these. We got a screen still. These look at the VCU fan in a cowboy hat. Uh, anyway, yeah. All right. So now I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Um, they play tonight again. We beat the living daylights out of these dudes last night. Eighteen to. Six or nine or something, I believe, was the final. Uh, we survived Georgia. The Georgia thing was, uh, here's the ejection. You can see the immediate shower arguing first base umpire initiated contact with him. Initiated contact? I, I want to know what kind of... Wow. We're watching the highlights here on Twitter, guys. I recommend, if you didn't see this in action, you need to go back. This is This is... I mean, look, I'm a homer. I'm always gonna I'm always gonna you know root for Carolina. But the ejection, first of all, is laughable. The call is laughable, the ejection is laughable, and the suspension is criminal. Um it's just there's just no there's just no explanation for it. I wanna know what the criteria for these I oh, said that's bullshit. Okay. I read those lips. I would be pissed too. Um, get your money's worth. And listen, these refs, I mean, they aren't in the best physical shape. Bro, you want to talk about, we talk shit about basketball refs all the time. We talk shit about hockey refs. We talk shit about football refs. Go. Baseball umpires are the epitome of hell when it comes to referees. I mean, they're terrible. They're, they're cocky, dude. They're, they're not good. And when they aren't good, they you ain't getting no admissions from those guys that they missed a call. Dude, anyway, baseball refs or umpires are the worst. Um, anyway, got a chance to make it all irrelevant tonight. Uh, but theoretically, you know, if we wind up here, uh, you know, Carolina has an argument. If we don't win tonight, there's they have certainly have an argument that it was taken from them. But we ain't about blaming the umpires around here, Chapel Hill. We're gonna um Want to fight it off? So, uh, finally, somebody got a somebody sided with the umps here on Twitter. Gerard, uh, Gerard, Gerard, Gerard. Scott Forbes got a rightful ejection. Well, good for you. Let's see. I bet this guy looks real. Well, what? That's interesting. His pictures flexing with Roy in the finals game. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I told you guys we got to really stretch this one out. Um, let's see. What else did we have going on? You got any anything you'd like to add about the uh, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard fallout? Um, the verdict came in literally 
an hour after we quit last week. No, and I remember when it did, I uh, <laughs> fact checker was in. I was like, the verdict's in, the verdict's in. Ran out when I, I had it on. I was <laughs> on my phone, it popped up. And so I ran out there and I was excited. Then um, I had to wait an hour for the uh, for him to read it and come out. But uh, no, I think this is a big case because there's a chance this could go to appeals court and this could um, set a precedent for uh, future cases kind of similar. But, you know, I was team Depp and after watching the trial, um, yeah, it was kind of a sad situation, but also you got a lot of laughs out of it. Um, yeah, and I will say, I think Virginia, you can only get nobody cares. Uh, so Johnny Depp got fifteen million from Amber Heard, and she won two million for some something that Depp did, and then so for that, um, I think total he might have gotten ten. Mill because you can only get 350k in Virginia for, I think it's punitive damages. I don't know, but it, it yeah it was a disaster and um, we're still we're still gonna post up some memes on uh, Sleephawk because uh, there's some hilarious things going around the internet and I love it. Yeah, we had a couple good ones on our story. We're you know. You know, guys, know any uh, social media managers out there? Uh, shoot us a DM because uh, we got two boomers in here trying to figure it out, and uh, any students out there, we could really uh, we could use some free help. Hey, I might where there's free. I might do some cookie reviews on uh, uh, Insta, uh. and you guys know that I love cookies. I um, sleep knows this. Um, most people don't know this, but when I when I did play um, in the NBA, I ate, uh, <laughs> I got cookies and milk delivered to my room on the road every single night before <laughs> I went to bed. And uh, so I know chocolate chip cookies, and uh, I will put up some reviews on Instagram. And also, me and Sleep, we might do a whiskey review or whatever next episode. We'll let you guys know. We have the best whiskey collection in the South, probably personal. Um, and that's a bit, that's a lot of sleeps. Ain't much of mine in there. Well, we got plenty. Um, when we go thirsty, but uh, <laughs> or sober. Hey, yeah, hit us up if you guys want us. Let us know what whiskey you want us to review. We'll do yeah, it. Except uh, if it's open, I'll review it. If it's not, uh, I'll I'll tell you what it probably tastes like. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, something's got to be open. I mean, we're not. Nah, gonna, I'm kidding. I, I, who gives a shit? No, it's uh, open. Um, um, what what we got open right now? We got a little stag junior. We got some rare breed rye, rarely seen rare breed rye. Love that stuff. Weller Special Reserve. That shit's overrated. Uh, Eagle Rare, best bang for your buck. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is probably my favorite whiskey. Um, That's a damn good one. We got Blanton's Gold. We got Blanton's Blanton's. We got Angel's Envy Cash Strength. We got a little entry-level Pappy, Lot B. We got some Master's Keep. We got every Booker's ever made. We got E.H. Taylor's Rye, single barrel, small batch. We got uh, Buffalo Trace. That stuff's good for making shit that you don't need to taste your bourbon in. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. McKenna, some 1792. What, what would stuff. you say your favorite? Give us, give us your top three. Top three. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, the C919. That would be the third release from 2019 um i will say uh 
Weller 107 is the best Weller I've ever had. I haven't had them all, but Weller 107 is phenomenal. And it's between Stag and Blanton's. I like Booker's. Top three is hard. But, dude, here, here's what I'm going to tell you straight up. I like Elijah Craig. I like Weller 107. I like Stag. I like Booker's. Dude, Blanton's is the best tasting bourbon I've had. I know it's not as strong. It's not as this. It's not, but there's a reason why everybody loves it. Now, everybody wants to talk shit about it now because it's like your quintessential bourbon that everybody wants. Like people waiting. Will I wait in line and pay $200 or pay $200 for a bottle of Blanton's? Hell no. But for what it is, there's a reason why it's in such high demand, man. It is phenomenal. Yeah, I think the thing about Blanton's, and we've been on whiskey for a, for a little bit, the bourbon. Uh, I think Blanton's is approachable. Yeah, and I think once if you're a, a really you know you're into whiskey and you drink it, you, you know it, you can step it up mm-hmm. and you can taste the nuances and. Um, you know, E.H. Taylor and some of these other whiskeys up here. But if you don't drink whiskey and you're not used to the alcohol content yeah. of it, you won't appreciate a Stag right. Junior. And I will say my favorite whiskey, um, one of my favorite whiskeys um, is Stag Junior. Mm-hmm. And George, George T. Stag is one of my favorites. Stag Junior is my favorite whiskey um, out there. And it is incredibly nuanced and you know to me i don't think there's anything out there like it mm-hmm. and i can remember the first time i've ever tried stag juniors at the crunkleton and i just never had a whiskey like that and you know when i took a sip of it it was like something just caught my mouth on fire and it just you just feel the heat instantly huge cinnamon and then all of a sudden it just disappears sounds like a romance and novel. um <laughs> tell you what, it disappears real paper quick. bags <laughs> from the food line. But, no, uh, you know, sleep, I love that. And you said Eagle Rare's up there, too. Yeah. Uh, it's just very approachable, very smooth. Yep. And it's not ridiculously hard to find, and it's not crazy expensive. I do like the E.H. Taylor. That yep. would probably be up there in mine. And the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is up there um, as well. One of the things I started doing lately is I've been doing a lot. So I have so much Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. I've got... 12 bottles at least of various ones um and man that if you're gonna make a uh old-fashioned dude barrel proof is the way to go because it cuts i mean you're right when you get to those high proof what's to me what's amazing about stag jr elijah craig barrel proof and like uh any of this like bookers any of this 120 and up stuff is how good it tastes to be so strong mm-hmm. i mean that is those of you who don't know, you take your 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 ABV is half of what your proof is, right? So like if you have uh, a 90 proof, you're 45. If you've got a hundred and twenty like there's a there's a, a a stag junior, might be that bottle, might be one that we finished, that was 133. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, that's like you're getting real close to pure alcohol for a human body at that point. And if you can have that to the point that it tastes, and I get you, day, like you said, day one, you come in this, like you're going you're gonna to choke on it. You're going to talk about how terrible it is. Yeah. Because you haven't, you know, but after a while, you begin to understand and appreciate how smooth a very harsh 
<laughs> product actually is. And I think to me, that's kind of what's amazing about these stronger proofs is, you know, exploring the ones that are drinkable, even at such a high proof, but you got to watch out. Cause the night I got engaged, me and my buddy, we took down an entire bottle of George T stag, 126 proof. It was two mm. of us. This dude weighs 140 pounds soaking wet. Old sleep dog was laying in the street at the end of the night. Uh, swearing I was never going to drink again. They, they'll, they will. They have a tendency to, you know, slowly, 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 and then you just get Bang. hit by a train. <laughs> um, yeah. So be careful out there. Oh yeah, like you got, like you got double play broke up on you. Um, drink responsibly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this message is brought to you by water. Um, so yeah, there's some other stuff in there. Like I think personally, whistle pig. A lot of people like whistle pig. Whistle pig is the most overrated um, stuff out there. I've had all of them. The twelve is okay, um, but for the price, man, there are ten thousand different things. You had the boss hog. Yeah, I've had it. What'd you I've think about it? it? I've never just, had it. I just think it's. I I don't think any of them. The fifteen is okay. I think that the. The Boss Hog is five hundred bucks a bottle. Fifteen is two fifty a bottle. Um, Great name though. Yeah, wonderful name. Blended. It's all blended. Yeah, a lot of people um, don't know that though, and you know a lot of people don't understand that a lot of these whiskeys that aren't barrel proof have water in them. Mm-hmm. But well, and you know you start to look for uh, like I'll buy anything that's under a hundred dollars and it's ten years or more. You know, and there's not many things like that, but like there's a Calumet that's 15. I got that in there somewhere. Um, it's 100, I think it's 120 bucks. Like there's 20, uh, you know, a 15 year old age bottle. Like, yeah, I'll pay 120 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, stuff sitting in a barrel that long. So I got an old Ezra 7 in there. I'm looking to try that out um, at some point. Uh, Kentucky Owl. I like, you know, like Kentucky Owl is another one that's like, so some people have something against bottles that are expensive versus something else that's not. And I'm like, yes, is, is, can you get, do I think all those ones we've been talking about are half the price of Kentucky Owl? But that doesn't make Kentucky Owl nasty. It's I just agree. like, I, there's better value for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, if you don't, like, to me, I don't know, like a $100, $125 bottle, like, all right, I'm, because I'm not going to sit here and I'm not buying a $120 bottle and drink it tonight. Yeah. Unless I'm getting engaged, which let's hope that only happens once. Um, it will only happen once, uh, Mary. I'm just, just, I'm just podcast guy, locker talk thing. Uh, <laughs> Pablo's over here. Maybe we'll give Pablo cut that one out. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's my thing is, is I, I can, I don't really get above anything that's more than like, I mean, I've got a couple of bottles that I like paid a secondary price for just to say I had them. But mm-hmm. other other than those two pappies, that's it. That's yeah, I mean. you know, that that's part of the fun about it is trying to go to these places and you're like, oh, dang, I just yeah. pop, popped up and saw a Weller, um, you know, at cost. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, we got a lot to, uh, there's a, I have 175 bottles. And uh, I haven't had a sip of any of them in probably six months. I drink. So I ain't off the wagon, but I just um, – and then this is the other thing that some some people listening are probably going to be real pissed about. That's a toasted barrel, Michter's too. Um, some people are probably going to be like, oh, you're one of those guys. You got all this shit and you don't drink it. Well, that's like telling somebody that – I hate people that say that. Like, oh, you got it. What do you have it? Drink it. It's like, well, one, I like sitting 
crisscross applesauce every now and then, just sitting there peeling through it and looking at it. Um, two, by definition, it's scarce and becomes more scarce every time somebody takes a sip out of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like telling a guy that because you make money, you should spend it. Um, I purple, purple, uh, I don't know. I just went full Joe Biden right there. I got no idea what I was going to say. Uh, I still don't. I'll tell you. Sometimes I'll, you just got to let it go. Sleep, I'll tell you this. Um, <laughs> Full Joe. You never know when these bottles are going to come about uh-uh. again. I mean, people are running out and doing all these you other things. You got time. that right, Jack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it for me, man. I mean, you tell me to drink my my booze, I'm going to tell you, that's malarkey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, man, I don't know what just happened right there. I might have. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I mean, I just don't necessarily feel like I need to drink it. Maybe someday it'll be worth a bunch of money. Maybe someday it'll be great cleaning product to, you know, make shine, hand sanitizer. Shine my floors with. Yeah, you never know when you need some. Maybe, maybe not. Out. Anyway, uh, got game three. Be tomorrow. By the time y'all turn this on, I hope you enjoy it. I hope Draymond, if you're listening, man, just turn, turn it back just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man. And uh, in the meantime, go out and get your crab cakes, man. They'll be here by the time the game starts. Great. Uh, I mean, if you're having like a, I don't know, anybody tailgates for basketball games, much less when the teams are 500 miles from here, but or 5,000 if you're Golden State. But uh, go to Jimmy's, man. Jimmy's famous seafood. Guys got uh, crab cakes, crab claws, crab legs, probably crab bodies, um, you know, crab stew, crab bisque, crab shells. Crab T-shirts, crab bumper stickers, crab regular stickers, crab ragoons probably, uh, crab dip. I mean, fucking hey, man, if it's got crab in it, these motherfuckers probably sell it. So uh-huh. if you like crab, you should check them out. If you don't like crab, you should check out the shit they don't have or they, they do have that's not crab. Mm-hmm. They got some of that too. Uh, I'll eat all of it. And if I'll eat it, you should eat it because it's good enough for me. Well, y'all be good enough for anybody. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy's. Anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.